Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 10th of October, 2022. Happy Columbus Day, Indigenous Peoples Day. It's really Sunday today, so man, I'll talk more about that tomorrow. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good holiday. And somebody who's joining us had a good birthday. It's Bailey. How you doing, Bailey? Hello. Did you have a good birthday? Yep. We'll post some pictures of your birthday party. So you had friends over and you had cake and everything. It's my Bailey friends. Yeah, your Bailey friends. But now it's not your birthday anymore. No more your birthday. Not yeah. for another year. Yep. Did you have and it's going to be America's birthday tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be a little bit while before it's America's birthday. But still, we'll celebrate America's birthday, right? All right. No, you can't have that. All right, get down. She will pick the winner of the signed book contest at the end of the program. We'll announce it, and I'll announce who gets or what the new book is in the game. So stick around to the end for that. But right now, let's get started with the program. Lots of uh, stuff going on, a bunch of things to talk about. But uh, whatever your plans are, I suppose you now have to factor in the end of all human existence into your plans. <laughs> God, you're mad. This, is, <clears throat> this is the president of the United States. This is where we are as a society. This is what we've elected as president of the United States. He's going around telling donors, not the American public. If you cut him a big enough check, he'll tell you, you know, hey, stock up on iodine pills and maybe uh, get rural or something like that. But otherwise, meh, you're on your own. Associated Press, Biden, colon, nuclear Armageddon risk highest since 62 crisis. Now, have you, have you heard the White House talk about it? Have you heard the president warn American people about this? Have you, have you seen any actions or heard any words from this administration designed in any way, shape, or form to, I don't know, Maybe try and avoid this if they believe it. If they believe it, that's. I wasn't alive during the Cuban Missile Crisis, but I seem to recall the media kind of, at least you know, through my knowledge of history, through documentaries and books and movies, the media reported on the fact that there was a Cuban Missile Crisis crisis going on. I once asked my dad if he remembered it, and he did, and, and talked about you know what he was thinking at the time because. People did believe that there was going to be, or at least a high possibility of a nuclear war. Now, if the White House is uh, telling the truth, it seems like we're back in that situation. Almost think maybe somebody would want to report on that. But uh, maybe the White House would talk about it. No, I'm sure they're going to be walking this back. The story, President Joe Biden said Thursday that the risk of nuclear, quote, Armageddon, end quote, is the highest level since 1962's Cuban Missile Crisis. A Russian official, uh, as Russian officials speak on the possibility of using tactical nuclear weapons after suffering massive setbacks in the eighth-month invasion of Ukraine. Speaking at a fundraiser, not in a press release, not into reporters, not nothing, just straight up 
in a to, to donors. You get the truth from this administration if you write them a check. Otherwise, meh, to hell with you. Speaking at a fundraiser for the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, Biden said Russian President Vladimir Putin was, quote, a guy I know fairly well, end quote. God, he, he creates him, he makes himself the Forrest Gump of history. And he is in many ways, just not in the way that he seems to want to, to be seen. And the leader was, quote, not joking when he talks about the use of tactical nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons. Biden added, quote, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy in the Cuban Missile Crisis, end quote. He suggested that the threat from Putin is real, quote, because his military is, you might say, significantly underperforming, end quote. Have you heard any of this stuff? This seems like kind of a big deal. Hey, there's a possibility of nuclear, tactical nuclear weapons, battlefield nuclear weapons, maybe ICB. You never know with Vladimir Putin. But he's trying to scare the hell out of people. And he's dumb, so you've got that. You have to sit there and you go, what what is the purpose of this? These people in the room, you don't get in the room with the President of the United States as a donor. You don't get in at the $1,000 level. You don't get in at the $2,500 level. You got to write $30,000 worth of checks to the party, to the uh, senatorial campaign committee, to whatever it is. You've got to write serious five-figure checks to even get in, have a chance of getting in the room anywhere near the president of the United States. So these people are special. These people get the, you know, the wink and the nod. They get the phone call. They get they get their emails answered by high-level staffers. Why are they the only ones worthy of being told these things? Or are they just trying to scare the hell out of them? There's really nothing that Biden could say. Just let's take the they're trying to scare the hell out of them to try and get more money angle out of it. It's possible that they somehow think that's necessary. That's real. That's a possibility. But in the grand scheme of things, there isn't a single human being who could be elected to the United States Senate that would make a difference in this situation at all. So you're really insulting the intelligence of your mega donors if that's the way you're going to roll. And I wouldn't put it past a Democrat. So the other thing is that the president of the United States speaking off the cuff And this is probably the more likely thing, considering that both Joe Biden is both senile and stupid, the bullia base that is Biden, that uh, he was briefed on the situation on the way over there. And rather than keep it to himself, he decided, like an idiot, to go ahead and tell the world. You remember when I would assume that this information, this assessment would be classified, right? In the grand scheme of things, the prospect, the percentage, the idea that one of your uh, geopolitical enemies might resort to weapons of mass destruction on the battlefield is something that you uh, wouldn't be generally known. You're not going to have the historic Karine Jean-Pierre come out to the White House podium and uh, blurt this out to the world. This is a classified assessment. And Joe heard it 
And Joe has no inner monologue, he has no self-control, and he has no real understanding of how things work anymore. So he just decided to blurt it out to a bunch of mega donors. You remember, it had to be 2017, 2018, whatever it was, Donald Trump was speaking to the Russian foreign minister, and he mentioned something that was allegedly cla- was something insignificant. It was classified. And the left went absolutely nuts. Donald Trump just committed espionage right in front of everybody. He told the Russians uh, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, well, no, it was it's kind of insignificant. And uh, the president can declassify anything he wants. So, you know, the, the idea that he was leaking classified information to the Russians was incredibly stupid but of course it was donald trump different standards well here you got the president of the united states seemingly taking information gleaned from what i'd have to imagine is a classified security briefing and leaking it to donors leaking it to donors now the case could have been made that uh, donald trump was telling the russians what he told them so he knew or they knew that he knew to try and influence their actions. When it comes to this bit of information, this just seems to be, well, part of what Joe Biden does with all of his lies. If you notice, every one of his lies about his personal life is designed to make him look good. I was raised basically in the Puerto Rican community. Oh boy, howdy, nobody's been to more Jewish. I might as well be honorary Jewish. I might as well be honorary black. I might as well be honorary this, that, or the other thing. They tried to stop me from going to see Nelson Mandela, but boy, howdy, I pushed right through there. I was even arrested to try. No, you weren't. Every story that he tells, and every time he, it's trying to ingratiate himself to people. It's trying to make himself seem cool. I used to drive uh, a big rig. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You never had a real job, Joe. How do you, why would you tell truck drivers that you used to be a truck driver? You were never a truck driver. Well, I used to do this. I marched in the civil rights movement. No, you didn't, Joe. No, you didn't. But you're talking to a black audience. So you're going, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm one of your heroes, too. So part of... What Joe does is try to build himself up, try to make himself seem important, try to make himself into that Forrest Gump character. I'm where history is happening. I have all this information. I'm on the inside. I'm super cool. You can relate to me. I'll tell you that I, I, boy, I had peanut butter and jelly for lunch too today. I know exactly what it's like. I grew up poor. No, you didn't, Joe. No, no, no. I understand. They call me blue collar Joe. Nobody calls you blue collar Joe. Nobody calls you lunch bucket Joe. Nobody calls you middle class Joe. Those are all stupid nicknames that anybody with an IQ larger than their shoe size would never come up with, Joe. That's why you came up with them. Nobody's ever called you any of those things. So maybe he's in a room full of rich people and he's got his weird inferiority complex thing there. And he's, well, you know what? I'll just tell him these people aren't impressed with me because most people, frankly, aren't impressed by Joe Biden. They're just not. He's been in politics forever. Can you think of a moment when you've ever looked at Joe Biden and thought, wow, that's cool. Or man, that guy's on the ball or boy, I wish I were him. No, never. You just go, what a sad sack. And that has dogged Joe, that inferiority complex has dogged Joe his whole life. So when he's sitting in a room full of people who've actually earned money, 
unlike Joe, who you know extorts it from his kids, but uh, who've earned money, that inferiority complex comes out. And so he has to say something, say things to be cool. Does he believe these things? Is this an accurate assessment? I don't know. I'd like to think, and with this administration, you have no idea. They probably would have kneecapped it. And if they thought they could get mileage out of it, they'd turn over their own sources and, and spies or anything if they thought it would make them, you know, help them at all. I'd like to think that our government would have at least enough insight into the inner workings of the Russian government to know whether or not should Vladimir Putin, in a desperate fit of impudent rage, decide to order a nuclear attack, that that order would not be followed. That, in fact, instead of following that order, they might arrest or even put a bullet in the head of Vladimir Putin. It's a long shot. But I'd like to think that the people around him are not as insane as he is. Now, they're certainly insane, but when you've got people, leaders, who are literally willing to go to nuclear war, commit you know Armageddon in the word of the president, I'd like to think that somebody in the inner circle has just kind of kept their mouth shut because, look, uh, if you don't, they'll disappear you. And you don't want to be disappeared. But you think, well, I can sit here and, and keep him in check. It's the whole idea behind what the left was cheering in the Trump administration. Remember, they had the uh, deep state. They had that guy, Anonymous, turned out to be a guy called Miles something. It doesn't even matter what his name was. Nobody knows who he is. He got a CNN deal out of it. But he, he wrote that book about, well, don't worry, we've got adults in here. We got people in the administration making sure that the president doesn't get what he wants. And, of course, Donald Trump never brought us anywhere near anything. Actually, I don't think that Vladimir Putin would be acting this way if he had to worry about a response from a Trump administration or even really a Republican administration. Joe Biden's just so spineless and stupid that now's the time to, to act. And watching him stumble is emboldening not only Russia, but China to go after Taiwan, etc., etc. But they all said, oh, we've got these, these insiders making sure that Donald Trump can't do anything rash, can't do anything crazy. Well, don't worry, we're protected. Well, that's not how it works. We, I, I suspect, I'd like to think that there would be people who are actually doing that sort of thing, not just some blowhard blowing smoke up his own rear end to get a, a book deal. But there are people actually looking at that and in those positions in Russia that should, let, it's risky to move against Vladimir Putin, but if he does go to start a nuclear war, then it becomes significantly less risky to go after Vladimir Putin. That there are a cabal of people inside of Russia who say, you know what, We'll follow him. We'll do what he says. But if he goes too far, we have to make a move. I don't know. I don't know if that exists. The president of the United States should know that it exists. But we have a situation where our president is out there either betraying state secrets to people because they wrote a big fat check or is lying and gaslighting big donors to try and make himself seem like the big man on campus. I don't know which it is. I don't know which is worse or better or whatever, but neither is particularly good. 
Because if the President of the United States believes this, if there is intelligence to believe that Vladimir Putin is doing anything more than saber-rattling, then we as a country, our the administration needs to be doing, first of all, they need to be honest with us, you know. Secondly, they need to be just sort of pimp-slapping Zelensky over there who is so emboldened by the piles of money and unconditional love he's getting from the West that he said that he's not interested in even having a discussion of peace as long as Vladimir Putin is in power in Russia. And I'm sitting there, if I'm, if I'm the president and he's telling the truth, and he's like, there could be a nuclear war over this thing, you need to call up Zelensky and say, look, you're going to have conversations. with You're going to have to find a way. We need to avoid nuclear war. At least that's the way I'd view it. It is a little Napoleonic complex along with the fact that a conga line of actors and actresses and celebrities and politicians go over there to suck up to him because he's so brave and so wonderful and so awesome and whatever. I'd like somebody to send over a team of accountants to go, yeah, you know, you're, you're brave, you're wonderful, you're awesome, your wife is so hot, blah, you're just a national hero, you're a world hero. Now I'm going to need to see where all that money we sent you goes. Where'd all that money we sent you go? We need to get to the bottom of that. That's uh, much more important to me. That and avoiding the possibility of a nuclear Armageddon. Of course, provided Joe Biden knows what the hell he's talking about, which is always a long shot. All right, in other news, we have new unemployment numbers. And the left is celebrating this like, oh my goodness, can you believe what we've done? Look at what we've done. It's a miracle. It's a Biden miracle. Build back better. All those trillions we spent. My God, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. The unemployment rate fell to 3.5% as they announced 263,000 jobs last month. And they were only expecting 255,000 thousand jobs last month and you're sitting there and you're going wait a second basic math tells you that's eight thousand it's eight thousand now they were expecting just keep this in mind this is going to be a little bit like math but i will make it fun so don't worry don't let your eyes glaze over going oh math no they were expecting two hundred and fifty-five thousand jobs which would have kept the unemployment rate at 3.7%, right? <clears throat> well, they allegedly got, and I don't trust any bit of data out of government, but they allegedly got 263,000 new jobs. That brings the unemployment rate down to 3.5%. You're sitting there and you're going, 330 million people in the country, 30 million, one percentage point is one percent of the population we'll just call it we'll pretend it's 300 million one percent of the population is three million okay three million is a 0.2 percentage point drop in the unemployment rate okay uh, but um, one percent of the, well, no, granted, no, not everybody that three hundred million is of working age. So you slice that in half, and you just say half a million, half of the countries, and so that then uh, you you slice that million and half, or 
a perc- uh, 1% of the working population. Just spitballing here. How the hell does 8,000 difference translate into two-tenths of a percent drop in the unemployment rate? It doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. How would that work? 8,000 job difference, 0.2% change in the unemployment rate? There has to be something else going on here. And it goes down to the way that government calculates things, which, what is it I always say? If you control the unit of measure, you control everything. And government controls the unit of measure. So there's no way on God's green earth 8,000 jobs makes a two-tenths of 1% difference in the unemployment rate, unless there's something else going on. What else could be going on? Well, Washington Post economic columnist and member of the editorial board, proud liberal, a woman named Heather Long, points at I'm sure she'll be reprimanded for this, but this is exactly, now she's, she uh, did this about the same time I did. I looked at that number and I said, that's not, uh, that doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense unless you cook the books or not necessarily cook the books. It's not something new. It is something wildly dishonest and wild dishonesty is what government has always done. Heather Long writes, quote, not good, colon. The unemployment rate fell to 3.5% largely because the labor force declined, meaning fewer people got jobs or were searching. The labor force participation rate fell to 62.3%, down slightly from 62.4% in August. It's just one month, but this isn't the right direction. Now, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? Well, if you give up hope of finding a job, or if you quit looking for work, for whatever reason, you you won the lottery, you, you've been unemployed for so long, you just, uh, you don't care anymore. Whatever the reason is, as long as you're still alive, you have dropped out of the workforce. Your government no longer considers you to be unemployed. You didn't get a job. Just the government doesn't consider you, count you as being unemployed anymore. It's really messed up. It's incredibly stupid. It is a lot like saying, well, our uh, data indicates that we're not the healthiest country in the world. Honestly, we have a lot of people with chronic illnesses. Obesity is a problem. People are in the hospital, blah, blah, blah. It's a real major problem here. So what we've decided to do is only count people who aren't currently hospitalized as having chronic diseases. You sit there and you go, wait a second, what, why would you? Well, then suddenly what happens? You're, wow, my goodness, we're a much healthier country. The old numbers of percentage of, of health disparity, all those numbers get changed in whatever direction you want. You can also, if you want them to go in the other direction, you can include more people. You can expand the definition of what, like, um, when they they cook the books on poverty, right? They have the federal poverty level, whatever it is. And then every once in a while, they come up with a new way to change what, how do you calculate the federal poverty level? 
what do politicians do? They run around and go, look at us. We've cut poverty. We've cut. No, you didn't. You, you, the, for a long time, things like the earned income tax credit, which is a, it's not a, it's not earned. It's just you made a certain amount of money, a low amount of money, and the government will give you money on top of it. Like, okay, you can get, I, I forget what the EITC is. It's somewhere in the maximum was like a couple of grand or whatever. But over the course of a year, it amounts to next to nothing, except that you get it at the end of the year when you file your taxes. You Actually, you don't really even have to file your taxes. You, If you're getting the earned income tax credit, the odds are you're not paying any taxes. So they cut you a check. One year in the 90s, I qualified for the earned income tax credit. You want to talk about how little money I made. I got $300 more. I got all the money that they'd withheld plus $300 more. Now, that meant that I could go out drinking with my friends for a couple of weeks uh, without having to sweat it. It was nice. But in the, if you had kids, I didn't have kids. If you had a whole bunch of kids, you'd get more money. You can get, and I was in the low end of it. If you got, uh, and I was doing a 1040 easy form. But if you, uh, if you had more money, then you get more money. You'd get a lot more money. They counted that money. Now, this is money you got at the end of the, the year, when you, well, the beginning of the next year when you filed your taxes. They counted that as income. So they said, well, let's just say the federal poverty level is $25,000. Your income was $21,000, and you got $5,000 in earned income tax credit. They would count you as being lifted out of poverty. You have been lifted out of poverty. Now, you really only got it because of welfare. They won't count it as welfare. You got a check from the government. But they used to not count that as income. Then they recalculated it, I believe, during the Clinton administration and saying, no, no, this will count as income, this earned income tax credit. And then they go around and say, oh, our policies have lifted so many people out of poverty. So because there's a lot of people that were teetering on the edge. And then, you know, you give them money. If you're $500 short of whatever the government has calculated in that given year to be the federal poverty level. And then you give somebody gives you $500, the government slides you $500. You didn't earn that $500, but now you're above poverty. Your life really hasn't changed because why? Because let's be honest, five, somebody gives you $500. Great. You're going to love it. I'll take it. I'll be happy with it. Somebody says, I'm going to give you $500 over the course of 52 weeks, and suddenly you're going, well, wait a second, that's that's nice. Uh, look, $500 is $500, but $500 divided by 52 is $9.62 a week. If you had $9.62 a week compared to somebody just giving you $500, you probably wouldn't even notice the difference. Right. If you've got that kind of a raise, then the taxes would come out. You'd probably end up getting like seven dollars. You wouldn't notice the difference unless you're really, really anal about keeping track of every dollar that goes into your bank account. You probably wouldn't notice the difference. But the government would count you as now you're out of poverty. Now you're out of po congratulations. You're out of poverty. Your life hasn't changed in any way, shape or form. But a politician is going to give themselves an award for having made your life better, even though it's not better, even though you don't notice the difference.
So when you look at the unemployment numbers, recognize it is not because these people are better off. It's in fact because 0.2% of the population, working age population, are worse off. That they have stopped looking. They have given up hope. Or I assume maybe a tiny, teeny weeny percentage of them have become independently wealthy and are now, uh, you know, sitting back and enjoying the fruits of their labor or whatever the hell it is. So that's why and how the unemployment rate has dropped. It is because if you just think about 8,000 job difference, the projections were 8,000 different than the reality. Now, if it was 50,000, sometimes it is 50,000, then you get a drop. But when it's 8,000, you go, there's something else going on here. And I just told you exactly what it is. It's an economic Armageddon, ladies and gentlemen. Economic Armageddon. So keep that in mind as you hear Democrats this weekend and um, tell you how wonderful you've got it and how great the economy is. Inflation is through the roof. Inflation is only going to get worse. Don't expect this to make much of a difference. Um, So, yeah, prepare. Be a Boy Scout. Be always prepared. In other news, in a desperate election, it's amazing to me how de- Democrats have, uh, a group of liberals have, have placed uh, this rap song. It's terrible. I, I can't even play it. It's it's so bad. But they made a video and a song about no voting, no uh, effing, except they, they replaced the F with a V. And they're placing, they're they're stupid. I mean, like, what do you say? <laughs> Just stupid people. They're pathetic, and they're placing it on a uh, a black dating app. I didn't know there was such a a black dating app, but there is. It's by a group called When We All Vote, which has uh, board members like Michelle Obama and uh, Tom Hanks. Let's see, Lin Manuel Miranda, Janelle Monae. A whole bunch, Chandra Rhimes, a whole Kerry Washington, Rita Wilson, a whole bunch of people back this up, a bunch of lefties, famous lefties. And it's uh, no blanking, it's the F word, I-N-G with a V, no voting, which is to try and inspire black people to vote, which to me is like the wildest insult ever. Like, oh yeah, no, no, what, what do we, how do we reach black voters? Well, everybody knows all they care about is sex, so let's reach out to a song about no sex if you don't vote, and we'll put it on black hookup apps. Okay. And then they said, well, we got to go a little bit further than that. Let's pardon people with marijuana, because, you know, what do black people like? This is a Democrat conclave. Black people like sex and getting stoned, and that's it. Is there a way we can maybe throw in any more racist stereotypes out there. Joe's over in the corner going, is there a way we could do anything with liquor? Malt liquor. They're unbelievable. If a Republican thought this was a way to reach black voters, people would take to the streets. And rightly so, because it's wildly offensive and stupid. But Democrats do it and they go, well, you know, that's pretty smart strategy. It might work if you Biden pardons thousands of people convicted of marijuana possession. Okay, 
How many people, there aren't very many people in federal penitentiaries about, uh, for, actually, I don't think there are any. These are people with past convictions for marijuana possession. But I promise you that everybody, every single one of them, either had the world's most incompetent lawyer, because marijuana is a state charge. Uh, it, It is a federal charge as well, but you really had to do something else to do it. So the people either had the worst lawyer in the world or they had other crimes that they were arrested for, other charges they were facing, and they plea bargained their way out of, okay, well, we'll forget that you were muling fentanyl around and we'll get you on a just the, the marijuana charge. Why? Because, well, if you had a choice between being pleading guilty to carrying uh, 20 pounds of marijuana for distribution or 3,000 fentanyl pills, which one would you rather have? Well, of course you want to have the marijuana. There's a lot less jail time. The feds don't really want to send you to jail anyway. They don't. They pretend, but they don't really care about fentanyl. Joe Biden never mentions it at all as overdoses are reaching all-time highs and you, you just sit there and you go okay i'll plead guilty to the marijuana charge and everything else goes away and so they do because like i said there's nobody in jail or really even who faced jail for strictly marijuana it was part of a plea bargain but joe biden just took his magic pen and offered pardons to everybody they say thousands of individuals they don't actually know how many they don't care how many just like they don't care about the real reasons or circumstances around how those convictions or guilty pleas came to be democrats think that this is a way to reach young black voters that's it they love to get high and they love to have sex and that's it that's all they really care about so let's do these sorts of things as a way to pander you know you know what all people like the ability to have a job, you know, not be harassed by their government, be able to afford to fill up their gas tanks, to be able to afford to, if they don't have families, just to be able to eat. If they do have families, to be able to feed their families, regardless of skin color, that's a pretty common thing. But no, Joe Biden doesn't have a solution for that. So he says, all right, we need to appeal to black voters. Let's uh, let's just tell them that if they don't vote, they don't get sex, and uh, now they can get high. It's the ultimate in racist pandering. That's what you get with Joe Biden. And of course, Joy Reid will say nothing of it. Joy Reid will, well, if she does say something about it, she, she, hell, she might be watching that video on that dating app. Now, I don't know if she's married or not. I can't imagine anybody being sentenced to marry her, but it's possible anyway. You got to love the media and just how pathetic and worthless they are. A few years ago, Newsweek sold for a dollar. Remember when Newsweek sold for a dollar? People overpaid. How could how could Newsweek sell for a dollar? Well, it was pretty simple. The people who own Newsweek wanted it off their books. It had tens of millions of dollars in debts. So uh, for a dollar, I'll take over your debts. And you sit there and you go, well, who the hell would take that deal? So. There are all sorts of tax implications and you sit there and you think of a, a company going under or a company failing. They still have can have positive tax implications if you have a good enough tax accountant. And 
you just want it off your books and you go i think i can run this for a uh, i think i can run i think i can pay this off and make a profit off of it i don't think it's worked out for them and you can see why but it is um <laughs> just pathetic if you notice they've stopped talking i said this the other day they've stopped talking about hurricane ian it might as well have not happened. The human story is not really of interest to them. Whenever they talk about, oh, we cover the human angle, we want to give voice to the voiceless, power to the powerless, blah, 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 we want to speak truth. No, they don't. If it can't help Democrats, they have no interest in it. And so once it became abundantly clear that even though there was significant devastation down in the state of Florida, that Ron DeSantis had handled it well, really well, there was no more story, so it didn't happen. But now they've got to try. They're still trying to find a way to do something. They need to damage Ron DeSantis. He's up for re-election in the fall. If he wins in a landslide, that helps his case for 2024. If he loses, he's done. Uh, he's probably not going to lose. But if he only wins by a little bit, if it's closer than expected, closer than it seems like it should have been, so on and so forth, that too can damage him in the eyes of donors. Maybe not the sure thing that people thought he was. So they're they're angling for that. They're just trying to damage Ron Santos any way they can. Newsweek has this story. Joe Biden's Florida visit has left Ron DeSantis in a difficult position. How? Well, let's see what the logic of the genius who wrote this, who wrote this thing, someone named Ewan Palmer. Joe Biden's recent visit to Florida in the wake of the devastating Hurricane Ian may force Ron DeSantis to openly state that climate change is a serious issue with seriously, uh, that will seriously affect the Sunshine State for years to come, according to experts. According to experts? What? <laughs> Well, you can find experts to say anything you want them to say, but why are you saying this? Well, in one of the most talked about moments of the president's visit to Florida to assess the damage from the powerful storm, Biden commented how Ian and other natural disasters occurring across the United States have, quote, finally ended the discussion on whether or not climate change is genuine and actions need to be taken to prevent further catastrophes. DeSantis stood behind Biden when he made the comments, appearing to shuffle awkwardly at the president's pointed remarks. So what was he supposed to do? Go up and get Joe Biden in a headlock? What is honestly, what do they expect him to if he doesn't immediately set fire to the coattails of the president of the United States, he is therefore in agreement with it. No, there's a time and a place for politics. Joe Biden was the one who violated that and decided to insert politics there, it doesn't mean crap. According to all the so-called experts, if Newsweek is so in love with the insignificant, unimportant title, if you go back 30 years, they were predicting that coastal Florida would be what? It would be underwater already because of climate change. It is not. They also predicted more frequent and stronger hurricanes. And then we had 12 or 15 years, whatever it was, after Katrina, where there were no hurricanes that hit the United States at all. We had no named storms in the month of August this year, which was the first time in a very long time that that had happened. I thought they were supposed to be more and uh, more frequent and stronger. Well, where are they? 
We don't know because they have no idea. They're just making this stuff up as they go along. So they found some experts. Uh, let me tell you, those experts, their existence, their jobs, their paychecks depend solely on perpetuating the lie that is climate change. So what do you think you're going to get out of them? Hmm? In the past, Republican gov- the Republican governor had taken steps to protect Florida from rising sea levels and coastal flooding, <laughs> such as December's $270 million Always Ready project, without making specific references to the plans being a response to global warming or climate change, referring to the terms as left-wing stuff. Always ready. Preparation for hurricanes. A hurricane preparation bill in the place where hurricanes happen is somehow passive acknowledgement of climate change. Oh, that's new. That's weird. Being prepared now is admission to climate change. Being prepared for what? I bet you they prepare and have uh, state budget allotments for tornadoes in a little place in the United States called Tornado Alley. Why? Because that's where tornadoes happen. And it would be wildly irresponsible to not at least prepare for the prospect of something horrible happening. It is not an acknowledgement of a left-wing agenda. It is an acknowledgement of reality. And quite frankly, a left-wing agenda is very infrequently aligned with reality. Michael Binder, a professor of political science at the University of North Florida, said that while Biden was able to score some political points by specifically addressing climate change in front of DeSantis following days of bipartisan unity as Hurricane Ian approached, the comments could have greater impact for the Florida governor. Quote, DeSantis being from a state with real-life sea level rise issues, particularly South Florida. How does this happen? It just I don't stop there. How does this happen? There's real life sea level rises, particularly in South Florida. That's it, not happening. But to the extent that sea level rises anywhere, because sea level rises and sea level falls, it has a lot to do with currents too. Because currents push the water even against gravity. They push it; it recedes, but it it it, it pushes it. But if you uh, if you had a pool, let's just try this analogy if you had a pool that starts off with like uh, two feet deep at one end and it goes to five feet deep at the other end and you take a gallon of water and you pour that gallon of water into the pool it doesn't matter where in the pool you pour that water it's a gallon on top of the gallons of water that are already in there it will not raise one part of the pool like oh yeah over in the two-foot corner it's now overflowing unless the pool's not level if the pool's level assuming the pool is level, over in the two-foot corner there up on the left the water is overflowing now because we added that gallon of water but everywhere else it's the same or it's gone up less no that's the thing about why that's why sea level is a really good measure for for height for uh what is it? Um, I can't remember what they call the height of mountains, but whatever. It is uh, elevation. And that's why sea level is such an effective unit of measure for elevation, because sea level is constant. So if you pour a gallon of water or a hundred trillion gallons of water into the ocean, it would go up everywhere. 
around the world that is connected to that body of water. It wouldn't localize anywhere like particularly South Florida, as I said. I don't know how that works. DeSantis, this is the professor. God, it must be nice to have tenure. DeSantis being from a state with real-life sea level rise issues, particularly South Florida, this puts him in a very difficult position. Democrats have done a great job this conversation, such as the basic understanding that if you acknowledge climate change, you must take X, Y, and Z policy steps, Binder told Newsweek. Republicans, DeSantis especially, are not supportive of those policy steps and therefore are boxed in, in some ways, prevented from acknowledging the existence of climate change. As evidence mounts and people, i.e. voters, are more and more exposed to the reality around the world, uh, that the reality of the world around us is evolving, Republicans are squeezed more and more. No, they're not. Sea level rise anywhere would be sea level rise everywhere, just by rational sense. If Greenland melts, it's not melting, but if Greenland melts, that wouldn't mean, boy, howdy, uh, Martha's Vineyard will be fine. Barack Obama's property will not see any sea level rise. That water will somehow settle down by the Caribbean and really in the Gulf of Mexico and screw over New Orleans and Florida. No, it doesn't work that way. But these people demand that it works that way, or counting on the ignorance of the people. Sea level is going to rise particularly bad here. No, sea level will rise everywhere. Now, if you're a low-lying area, if there were a sea level rise, you could be impacted in that way. But the actual amount of sea level, water that would come your way, is the same as everywhere. An inch everywhere. That not two foot here, but only an inch there. If you're being honest, but these people aren't being honest. I just love how this is a problem for Ron DeSantis. Why? Well, it just is. Because because a whole bunch of liberal college professors say it is. Because Joe Biden said so. Joe Biden was a jackass who inserted politics into a national emergency. And uh, yeah, so it's a bad day for Ron DeSantis. If this is the best they've got against DeSantis... They're in really sad shape. So since we're talking about the president and his incompetence and all of those things of that nature, let us go to the oil prices that we've got now, because you're about to hear about how it is that the president of the United States can have no impact on the cost of oil, gasoline, what have you, all over again. Why, it was just seems like last week when all these leftists were insisting that you should thank Joe Biden. My God, he has been responsible for, what is it, 10 weeks or whatever of consecutive drops in gasoline prices. You, oh, you owe him. You owe him, and you should donate to any campaign he wants you to donate to because of the wonderful things that he has done. Well, now... It's going back up again. It's weird. The term Putin's price hike, I suspect, will make a return. It's kind of funny and pathetic at the same time. It's it's funny that anybody would try this. And it's pathetic in that people who are, frankly, on, on the taxpayers' role, the tax rolls, they're paying, we're, we're paying their salary, so ultimately the joke is on us, that they think this would work. 
And it's even sadder still that it, with a large percentage of the population, it will work. But uh, they'll they'll find a way to blame. I don't know Donald Trump. It'll be Russia. It'll be it'll be because somebody who gee who could it have been have has bombed the uh, the Nord Stream two pipeline, and that's it. That's why it that's why it went up. Who did that? What kind of diabolical monster did that? All this sort of garbage will be thrown around to try and pretend that nothing is related to Joe Biden's existence. But I will remind you once again that it wasn't that long ago that Joe Biden went over to Saudi Arabia to suck up to the leadership there and ask them to drill more, do more, please do more. And their response was a resounding get bent. They said no at the time. They would not increase their production. And now they have announced that they are going to, in fact, decrease their production because of the incompetence of Joe Biden. And make no mistake about this. Part of the reason has to do directly with Joe Biden talking about um, the new crown prince over there, Prince Salman, bin Salman, or whatever the hell his name is, Mohammed bin Salman. The Democrats in general have been, since the murder of Jamal Khashoggi, been pretending to care very deeply about Jamal Khashoggi. That's really what's going on. If you think any of these liberals who go, my God, look at what happened to uh, Jamal Khashoggi. It is an outrage that they don't they don't care. They honestly they don't care. They never did. It was because it happened while Donald Trump was president and they wanted to screw things up. They wanted to try and put Donald Trump in an awkward position with Saudi Arabia so that maybe they could cause an increase in the cost of gasoline so that that would hurt Donald Trump. It just didn't happen. So they never really cared about Jamal Khashoggi. They tried to weaponize his murder, which is awful. Nobody's denying it was was awful, but give me a break. So they uh, they try that it didn't work. But in the course of doing that, their rabid base made the mistake of believing them. <laughs> That's it's always a mistake when you believe a Democrat. When you take a Democrat at their word and you go, wow, they care very deeply because there is a huge percentage of their base who will go, well, if they care, I'm going to care. And then suddenly they actually start caring. They, they convince themselves that something that happened to a guy they'd never heard of before it happened to them on a place they'd never go to ever matters, that it matters desperately. And so you can't walk that back. You can't go. It was only kidding about that. Sorry about it. You know, you guys, I was doing it for political purposes. Don't worry about it. Back off. You can't really do that now. So Joe Biden had to continue with the Saudi Arabia is horrible. They murdered Jamal Khashoggi, Mohammed bin Salman, monster. Awful, awful, awful. Well, guess what? That has consequences. That has consequences. Whether you're doing it just for political, domestic political consumption, you don't really mean it or not, It has. you start calling somebody a monster, you start saying, we're going to hold them to account, we don't trust them, they're evil, they're this, they're that, they're the other thing. They'll start to believe you. They'll start to believe you and then they will not like you. They will not act in a way that you like. And that's what I think is going on with this reaction to... 
Saudi Arabia and well, of Saudi Arabia in stopping the uh, or cutting the production. It's kind of funny. I find it kind of funny, even though it's going to cost everybody more at the pumps. You got to realize why it came about. So Joe Biden was asked about this yesterday and whether or not his trip to Saudi Arabia was worth it, whether or not he, uh, you know, was it a waste of time? Did it make things worse? Blah, blah, blah. He lies and he says that the trip to Saudi Arabia was about something else. And then really weirdly, I don't know if you'll, you won't, you have to look this video up for yourself. He walks backwards as you hear the other questions. He sits there and stares with this vacant look on his face and like a, a weird smile, and he backs away slowly. And once he gets about 15 feet away, he literally walks backwards for about 15 feet. He then turns and just walks away. He's like listening for a question that he wanted to hear, or he's just insane and having a mental moment or whatever. But he um, he tries to claim that his trip to Saudi Arabia wasn't about oil. It was about oil. No, the, the, the trip was not essentially for oil. The trip was about the Middle East and about Israel and, and rationalization of positions. But it is a disappointment, and it says that there are problems. He backs away, and he backs away, and then he turns around, and he just walks. It's like, what, what is wrong with you, dude? What is, just say, all right, I got to go or something. You don't walk backwards and go, oh, maybe they won't notice that I'm getting further away. Or maybe he thought they were walking away. Who knows what goes on in his mind. But the trip wasn't about oil. It was about uh, Israel and what? What about Israel? Because the Trump administration did a, a masterful job with Israel and Saudi Arabia. Did you screw that up somehow? Is there something <laughs> You need to tell us that it's something else you need to tell us that you screwed up. No. Then what were you doing? What exactly did you think you were going to fix in a situation that wasn't broken? He doesn't answer. He just gives you that weird, creepy dude look as he backs. I just, I don't understand how a family member can watch this if you care about him. How a family member could watch that and go, yeah, this is normal. This is fine. This is okay. If you're Jill, how you just look at it and go, yeah, you know what? He's a bit of a jerk. He's been a bit of a pill to be married to. So I'm going to let him let him dangle out there or something. Because that seems to be what's going on. Poor bastard. <laughs> I want to play you this uh, clip from it's a guy named Ken Delinen. He's a reporter over at NBC News. There's a story that the uh, that Justice Department officials have told the, I think it was the New York Times, that they have enough evidence to charge Hunter Biden with multiple crimes. Multiple crimes. And apparently they've offered him a, a pretty sweet-ass uh, plea bargain, and he's turned it down. I think, personally, I think Hunter Biden is wild. I mean, obviously, he's wildly self-destructive. But I think he's even more self-destructive and still as self-destructive. I think, I think he wants to get caught. I think he wants to get caught. I think he wants to get into trouble because I think he hates his father. I know, I know, I know. But I'm, I'm just speculating here. It's an Oedipal thing. I think that he hates his father. 
I think his his life is wildly different than he ever wanted his life to be, and his wife is wildly different from, or his life is wildly different than he ever wanted it to be because his father pressured him. You got to take care of the family. You got to go out. You got to earn. You got to do this, that, and the other thing. And I don't think that's what he wanted to do. And so he's done it. He does what he has to do, what he's had to do, but he didn't want to. And he's bitter about it. And so if he gets caught, if he can get caught, then maybe he won't come out and say, Daddy made me do it. But he might, you know, not regret or not be bad, feel bad about getting caught and people finding out that Daddy made him do it. Obviously, you do that many drugs, you're wildly self-destructive to begin with. So I think there's a lot at play here, a lot of family dynamics that... uh, people are not fully aware of yet it's not going well for joe it won't end well it might not end well for joe so uh i want you to hear this clip in particular because of the way that uh kendall line and the reporter in quotes for nbc news phrases this he um he lies he lies at the end of this report because you have to if you're going to defend the if you're going to be a loyal dog to joe biden you have to lie the feds are pretty confident they have an open and shut case against him is that what you're hearing that's the reporting actually we we at nbc news we tried very hard and talked to people familiar with the case who would neither confirm nor deny this post report but uh, but as you as you know, Joe, I mean, tax cases are not all that difficult. He paid a two million dollar tax bill last year. So he was in arrears on his taxes. The question with those cases is always when does it become criminal tax evasion? And there's a lot of prosecutorial discretion about that. There's a lot of people who evade taxes who are never prosecuted criminally. So that's going to be a big issue in this case. In terms of like corruption, conflict of interest, we've never heard a hint that that was that there were potential criminal charges there because Hunter Biden wasn't an office holder. It was perfectly legal for him to take money from foreign governments uh, as long as it wasn't he wasn't inappropriately giving them information from his family or something. There's no hint of that. As bad as it looks, we should all acknowledge it looked terrible. He did this while his father was vice president and in charge of Ukraine issues, and he was taking $50,000 a month from that energy company. But no hint that he was ever going to be charged on that count. But again, yes, the tax charges Uh, It's a fairly simple proposition. But now it all comes down to what is this U.S. attorney in Delaware who was appointed by Donald Trump? What is he going to decide on this case? No, no, nothing. He didn't meet with any of his uh, any of his business colleagues. He had to make sure he threw that. And he's sitting there and you're going, that's not true. These people went to the White House. These people went to the White House with Hunter. These people had meetings with the vice president. There are pictures of them having dinners. There are pictures of them hanging out, golfing together. Did nothing ever register? You sit there and you go, why the hell would anybody say that? Well, because I don't think Kendall Linen follows the news. I don't think Kendall I think so many people in the media don't follow the news that it's it's really shocking. They just don't follow the news. News isn't really my thing. What do you do? Well, I'm a journalist. What? News isn't your thing. That's your job. Yeah, I know, but I like I find the news boring. So unless it's a story I've been assigned, I don't really cover it. 
It's it's bizarre watching these people. I don't know if they're lying or they're just stupid. It's tough to tell. Lastly, I want to play you this clip from the debate in Arizona for the Senate seat over there between Blake Masters, a Republican, and Democrat Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly is the incumbent um, senator. He's talking about the border. Mark Kelly's not an original thinker. He's not a particularly bright man. He's a go-along to get-along backbencher. But he votes with, he's right there with Democrat Lee, does exactly what Democrat leadership does. But when it comes to running, he pretends that he's he's out there and he's fighting and he's standing up, he's his own man and blah, 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 and you know how that goes. So this is rather hilarious exchange. It is it is a, just a destruction of it. Because the people in Arizona are sick of the open border and everything that comes with it. I've been focused on the border since day one on this job. I'm down there all the time. I was on the phone this week just, you know, with Mayor Nichols of Yuma, Sheriff Daniels of Cochise County, talking about what more we need for Border Patrol and immigration. That, my friends, we're is working, called evasion. We're, we're, we're working to raise Border Patrol pay by 18 percent. I've got legislation to do that. I've been focused on the border since day one. Okay, you, I, you know, we have no great effects because we have a wide open southern border. So if that's the best you it, can do, I respectfully request you resign been, and let's get someone in the seat who will actually secure our border. <laughs> if that's the best you can do, if you do, then resign, resign. My personal favorite part of that isn't just the if that's the best you can do, resign. It is the I've got a bill to raise uh, border pay by eighteen percent. So what are you saying that border patrol agents aren't doing their job? because they're not paid well enough? No, they're overwhelmed because of the failed policies of Democrats that have invited the Red Rover game that's going on. Not because border agents aren't doing their jobs, it's because the politicians and the people who are supposed to enforce the laws and and deport the people aren't doing their job. Hack. All right, that is enough for today, ladies and or gentlemen. Uh, Let's start the weekend. I mean, it's a holiday. Hopefully you guys are... Enjoying the holiday, able to enjoy the holiday. It is, it's the only holiday that's a hate crime, is it? No, I think all holidays related to the United States of America, to Europe, to anything not in, in the favor of Democrats is a hate Whatever, screw them. To hell with them. Happy Columbus Day. The winner of the autographed book, the winner is, uh, he left it up to the girls. They're not going to pick anything, so I'm going to pick. You got Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin's book is gone. Congratulations to Proud AZ Dad. Uh, check your Patreon message. That's the only name I got. I don't know what else to go by. Uh, I don't think that's on a birth certificate, but I could be wrong. But congratulations to Proud AZ Dad. Check your Patreon messages. Send me your address. I'll get it out to you. That means that Megan Kelly returns next week, this week, and she goes against... This guy, Rand Paul, taking a stand, moving beyond partisan politics to unite America, autographed by the one and only Rand Paul. That's right, Senator Rand Paul. He should uh, win re-election in a walk. So go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. That's where you can enter to win the contest and uh, get all sorts of bonus material. And there should be a bunch of pictures up there of uh, Bailey's birthday. You go to DerekHunter.Locals.com. I think I, did I say that? I don't know. 
or patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast. You go there and you'll see pictures from the birthday party. Not a ton because I didn't take a ton of them. And once it got going, I was like too busy and enter to win the signed book contest. Whatever floats your boat, whichever way you want to go. Appreciate the support. Really super duper do. Have an awesome Monday. We'll be back here to do it all again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>